Welcome back to Two Black Runners, presented by the Runner Report, where every single Tuesday we give you a new podcast, and it's always joined with your boy Joshua Potts and the brother from the same mother, Aaron Potts. And let's just get yes, right sir. into it, bro. Aaron, how you doing? Because I'm I'm excited for bro. this one, bro. This hey, one's gonna this hit is, different. This is a first for us. We got a world champ. The champ is here. The champ, the champ is here. here. The champ is bro, here. This is, hey, this is about to be the best one we ever done before. It's- Bruh, get your popcorn ready, get your snacks. I'm telling you, take everything out of your day. Like, bruh, pay attention to this right now and sit down. Sit down on this Two Black Tuesday yes. and let's just get, get to talking. But first, let's just introduce this person real quick. If you, if you lived in California, you probably let's already go. know who this is. But honestly, you may not. So let me tell you and just tell you what she's been doing over these past couple years. I'm saying she's a five-time California State Champion. She's won the 100 100 hurdles and 300 meter hurdles in the same state meet three different times. She's an NCAA champion in the 400 meter hurdles. She's a 2017 world champion in the 400 meter hurdles. She's a 2014 U.S. champion. She's she's the champion. We got hey, Corey Carter, the the champ is here. We got the, the monster. Here. We got the monster in the building. Corey, how are you doing? I'm good. You guys making sound cooler, like I've done something or something. Oh, you've done I mean, more than something. More. You've done something. a couple things. You've done a couple things for sure. For sure. I tried. How, I tried to do a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> how are you doing though right now? How's the how's the the COVID treating you out there? And you're in Texas right now. Yeah, I'm I'm good. Um, it's a little crazy right now, but like luckily she didn't have a life before COVID COVID hit, so I feel she's you. fine. <laughs> she didn't go out before. So same hey, old, yeah, same so old. Just yeah. It's been a little bit it's kind of been different because we've been constantly having to address adjust our training, um, and like find facilities. I'm literally lifting in my neighbor's garage right now, but like we're making it oh. work like it doesn't really matter the circumstances like the work has to get done so mm. it will get done yeah but before we get into more of that like training and all that other stuff with like covid and like your high school days and the college days all the meat and potatoes i want to get to the real thing because Honestly, if a lot of people know you from Corey Carter, like you're the one track runner that's sponsored by Jordan. Also Eric Kenyard too. But like there's very few track runners sponsored by Jordan. And like Jordan's a basketball brand for the most part. Just like talk us like, do you know Michael? You got him on speed dial right now? Like what's, <laughs> what's going on? What's how did that all come about? Um, I don't have Michael on speed dial. Um he does know me by name, so that's cool. Um, I've met him a few times, and he's mm. it's just it's really weird because like I've never experienced someone where I'm like, oh, you have like an aura about you. Um, but being in his presence is just different because he's just mm. unreal. Um, but yeah, I honestly don't know how I became a Jordan athlete. I initially signed with Nike. And, um, like when I signed my agent kind of was just like, yeah, this Jordan thing. And it was kind of like, it might happen. It may never happen. Like you're on a list of people. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. No big deal. And ironically, um, one day I went to like, I was trying to get my brother-in-law some J's before they went out. And I was like calling Nike because I had some issues trying to get the shoes. And they were like, oh, like, don't worry about it. The reason you're having issues is because your account got switched to Jordan. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. 
Say that again. Run that back. So I called my agent and I was like, wow. I think it's Jordan Athlete. And he was like, no, like, they would have discussed that with us. What? And he called me back and was like, yeah, you're a Jordan Athlete. I was like, cool, cool, cool. This is great. So it, literally, it's God when people ask me, like, how did you become a Jordan Athlete? I don't know. But I'm here. I'm very happy about it. It's 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 a cool brand to be a part of. It's it's a family. Like it's I like that we get to meet the other athletes that are Jordan athletes from different sports and mm. get to interact with them. Like I I love it. I'm just going to keep the idea that like Michael Jordan was like looking at all the track athletes and just saw <laughs> you and was just all like, yeah, that, that's the one. She she got it. She got it. I'm yeah. He's like, that. I need the I need the monster on my team. Like she'll be. That's what I that's what I thought we were about to hear. No, I don't know. I, I don't know. But somehow, some way I end up on MJ's team. And like to me, that's the winning team. So I'm going to stick with it. <laughs> <laughs> that's most definitely the winning the most the winning team for sure and it's cool like you said like the the aura he has around him i mean everyone all sports fans just watch like um the last dance doc and yes. you constantly just heard people talk about like how michael is just like playing against him just seeing him he has like some type of aura that surrounds him but yeah it was cool watching that documentary because i feel like it solidified of him as like he's not human, but also showed him as being very human at the same time. So you mm. got got to see like everything it took for him to be that great, and like everything it took out of him. So it was really cool to watch that documentary and just see the behind the scenes and get like a different perspective on him. Yeah, it was hard for him emotionally. Like it really, it took a toll on him emotionally. I feel like the most, like over the years, years compared to physically. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. I mentally like people always say like sports are 90 percent mental and like it is like you have the, the way he played basketball you have to go to a, a deadly scary place and to live in that state for as long as he did to be focused on such a elite goal it takes a lot out of you like and like you don't have the energy to put into you know friendships and family you're mm. you're that journey is a solo journey and you know he he was you know destined for greatness but you know he had to put that work in the go the go and then to talk more about like killer mentalities like where did your like mentality come for come from you may not say that your mentality is the same as michael jordan's but just where did that all develop from from what did you get that from like a young age was it brought up from when your family or when did you really start developing that mentality of like being in that sport mode that you go into now um i think definitely growing up my family i have two older sisters and a little brother and so my sisters are six and eight years older than me. So I grew up watching them play. And I just was like, I was waiting for my turn to get off the bench and start playing sports. Yeah, um, yeah. And then in my house, we, when we played, there was no such thing as a foul in our house. Losers got nothing. So if you were playing basketball and you wanted to shoot the ball, you had to get a rebound. Mind you, I'm playing against girls six and eight years older than me. My dad did yeah. not care. Um, I remember like... My dad is is a bigger man, and we were playing handball. And I remember him; he would hit this little baby tap, so you'd have to run up to get it. And uh -huh. he would body slam me against the wall and talk about something, cry about it. So I grew up in a in a family where winners got everything and losers got nothing. So it was like I loved it. Like 
Mm. Looking back on it, it might have been a little crazy, but yeah, living in that environment, it was very competitive. Um, you, yeah, just everything in my family was a competition, and we we were a bunch of killers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I You're think not- I, I was always trying to be better and keep up with my sisters. Joshua knows about that. I mean, we come from a family, four boys. He's the youngest, so like, you know, dogs got to eat. The first 13 years were a lot of crying, Corey. A lot of crying for my older brother. (laughs) Hey, but that always, that helps you out in the long run because you just come up, you got that competitive edge, that that chip on your shoulder, especially being, I mean, I'm the second oldest, but I even always had a chip just for my my older brother. Like, dude, I got to be better, like. I need yeah. that. I need that attention. Like I'm, I'm the best, you know. For sure. And then to but really just. Moving... Oh, go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. I'm go sorry. Ahead. I was just gonna say, moving forward, like, uh, what was like some of the first sports you got involved with, involved in before track and field? Um, everything. So, I, the age of like four or five, I was playing soccer, basketball, and softball. And then um, in high school, I played volleyball. And in middle school, my dad wouldn't let me play tackle, so I only played flag football. Um, But I was captain of an all-boys team. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, So, yeah, I played everything except for track. (laughs) Yeah, I played everything. I was running back. Um, (laughs) I played everything except for Huh? (laughs) Yes. Oh, my gosh. I loved Reggie Bush growing up. Um, (laughs) The guy could stop on a dime and just cut. Um, yeah, yeah, beast. Yeah, so I played pretty much everything. And then in middle school, I just kind of got bored with softball. It's just too slow of a game for me. So I decided to try out track. And from there, um, I was like, I do all these sports. I'm going to be a multi-athlete. I thought I was going to be the next Jackie Joyner Kersey. So I was a... <laughs> I was a pentathlete slash 15-8 girl, and then, (laughs) so that was like the weirdest mix. I was trying to do everything, Mm. Um, and then, but I'm so glad I did because I'm kind of short, size efficient, I like to say, um, for a hurdler, and I don't think anyone would have initially put me in the hurdles based on my size, but because I tried all, I was trying all these events because I was multi-eventer. I just fell in love with the hurdles and once I started doing that I was like yeah this is it like I think when I was playing all those other sports my speed was like my get out of jail free card so I didn't really work on my handles at basketball I didn't have to work at at, Mm -hmm. you know my ball skills at soccer because I was always faster and more athletic than most girls um so I didn't really need that skill set but track was the first thing that I really wanted to work at my craft and I really wanted to develop my skills. And that's how I knew, like, this is it for me. Then when did you know that, like, hurdles were really, like, your real thing? Because you, you said you ran the 15 and the 8. Was Do you know, like, a specific race where if it was either in high school or before that when you're on, like, oh, I, I can really take hurdles to, like, this next level? Yeah, I think I – so I always – like, when I was – even when I was doing the multi-events – I was getting all my points in the hurdles and the eight, and I hated the eight. So I just Everyone knew. Does. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> I, would, I would go to JOs and I would go to JOs and like 
the hurdle, both hurdles, and then like back in the day when it was the 200 hurdles. Yeah, that was 200. great, bruh. <laughs> so great. So I would go, I would go to Jo's and like both hurdles and the molt, the molt, the pentathlon. And then I think one year I won the 15. But yeah, I think as soon as I started just picking up the events, like I just realized, I don't think it was a specific race. I think it was more so practice because I would be out there. In fact, when I first decided to do the hurdles, like learn how to do the hurdles, my coach, uh, Johnny Williams, he's Angela Williams' dad. Um, he didn't know how to coach the hurdles. So I was training in like at like 12, 13 with the Mount Sack college team and their hurdle group and so that mm. i just was trying to become the best at it and i think i just became obsessed with it so that's how i knew it wasn't really a race it was more of like i just love to do this work i love the technical aspect of it yeah so would you say that that's like would you still consider track your first love even though you played all those different sports because you actually wanted to like master that craft yeah, I would say it was my it was my first like the other sports might have been puppy love because I I think yeah, yeah. for me at the end of the day like I'm a competitor so it doesn't matter what we're playing it could be Scrabble it could be hot hands you know, dominant hot hands, hot hands. <laughs> oh my god I have so like I I am scarred from hot hands um, <laughs> my dad you couldn't you couldn't stop playing unless you were winning like unless you were on the bottom so he wouldn't yeah. let you. Play that's around the bottom he was really good he's getting smacked <laughs> yes um, that sounds like a hard sunday like, morning in our house my dad was trying to raise that i swear but yeah i think track was the first time i was like i wasn't just in it for the games because i think all the other sports i just wanted to compete this was like oh i want to take the time and like really develop myself I mean, that makes sense, too. Like, if you're out here running the 15, the 8, the 1, the 2, like, you're just a straight up, you just a competitor. Like, cause, yeah. and you're not, especially, like, I remember in club, they would throw those kids, like, okay, we got to get you to do this 15 for your fitness, and they'd be jogging. But they throwing you in the 15, and you still going out and beating people? Like, damn, that says something. Yeah, I remember one, uh, one time in high school, I went to Claremont High School, our rival school was Upland. And my coach was like, hey, can you run the 15 so to get these points? Because we were trying to win. So mm. I run the 15 and I win. And everyone was shocked. And I was like, I used to do this in middle school all the time. This used to be my race. And <laughs> the girl who got second came up to me and was like, what's your PR? And I was like, I don't know, probably that. I don't run this race. And then I like jogged to the start line because the 100 hurdles were right after that race. And I was like, yeah. I got to go actual event but yeah i just i'm like i'm just the type of person like if i'm in it, i'm trying to win it i don't really care what the event is <laughs> then to talk more about like claremont you really like not even just running in the mile in your league you dominated on the california stage when at that time when you're racing like the hurdle events were really like king like really king at that time you had reggie white running the 300 hurdles who was killing and then on the other Deshua, oh that was that was there were some good races yeah yeah and then also then Corey carter you won your too. first state title in 2008 and then going on to winning the 300 and the 100 hurdles the next two years. Like, how was that just winning all those races early on doing for you? You um, became a star. I didn't see myself as a star. And my family definitely made sure I didn't think that. Um, I, for me, it was just like, I was just trying to win it. 
I really wasn't making it bigger than it was. Like, I didn't think of myself as a star. Like, I still had to go to school, do all my homework, and yeah. do my chores. Well, my, my family will say I wasn't doing my chores, but, you know, <laughs> there was no special treatment. Um, I don't know. Like, for me, I just, for me, I always wanted to be the best, not my best, the best period. So, like, I just was really focused. And luckily, in high school, I had some really great hurdle coaches, um, Coach Holmes. He really helped develop me as a hurdler. And actually, before I met with Coach Holmes, I had coach my coach Eugene. He was one of the hurdlers on the Mount Sac team, and he he helped me in middle school and through my first year of high school to really develop. And so I think for me, it's just like I was just putting the work in, and the results kind of came with that. But I. I really didn't think of myself as like anything big at that time. Would you say that? So in high school, were you already like thinking like, I want to be pro, like I want to be best in the world one day. Were you thinking about that at all? Honestly, I wasn't even thinking that in college. Like mm, I, wow. I, I was, I always kind of just like live in the moment, you know, and like yeah. what is the task at hand? What is the goal for this year? So for me, every season, I would, in high school, like, write down my list of goals, and it would be, like, 20 different things um, from, you know, meets I wanted to win, titles I wanted to win, but also, like, technically how I wanted to get better, times I wanted to hit. And, like, that was all I was focused on. It was it was just, like, that season. It wasn't, like, oh, I think in the back of my head, I always was, like, yeah, I want to run the Olympics one day. Um but, you know, the odds of being a professional athlete is just like, you know, I also want to be a superhero. It was just kind of this far-fetched yeah. dream that I really wasn't putting stock into, you know. Everyone wants to go to the Olympics. Everyone wants to be the Incredible Hulk. Exactly. Yeah. And then as you dominated, like, California hurdles for those next three years, is that where you really developed that Corey monster? Or was that when you decided to go to take your talents to Stanford? Yeah, in in high school, that's kind of where my persona, air quotes, I, I did them when I realized this is adios. Um, <laughs> came out, you know, Beyonce and Sasha Fierce, I have the Corey Monster. Um, no, I Everyone who knows me, it, like, they know that I'm kind of like a, a silly, happy-go-lucky person. Um, but when I get on the track, it's like, I turn into a monster. Like, she's not someone to mess with. And I think one of my coaches was just like, oh, yeah, you're like, you're like the quarry monster when you run because I just would hit that switch. And once that happened, it was just like, she's like a warrior princess ready to kill everybody. Um, so that's kind of where um, that whole persona came about. And I like to tap into her just because, like, she can be everything I want to be. And, like, when, I, when I'm feeling 100, like, I just feel unstoppable and, and invincible. And I think that type of confidence is necessary when, you know, you're going up against the best in the world, when you're going up against, you know, the best in the state or whatever, you need to believe in yourself. And so that's kind of where I can just, hey, block out everything else that's going on in my life and just like, let's worry about getting this W, like let's worry about making sure we get to the line before anyone else. I feel like that's also kind of like what you're saying earlier. That's living 100% in the moment and being pre just being like completely present on every step of the way and just being like, yo, I'm a, I'm a own this. I'm a run my best. Not thinking about anything else except, you know, doing your best and winning. 
Yeah, for sure. Especially like I, I think in the hurdles, like there's a level of fearlessness that you need because mm-hmm. your body naturally does not want to go a hundred percent at a barrier and try to get as close to possible as as you possibly can to it. Like that's not a rational thought. I think all hurdlers have something a little bit wrong with them. Um, so, so yeah, you kind of just have to like walk everything out and just go for it and like leave doubt on the wayside, you know? And then I think the whole entire world or especially the US really saw the Cory Monster first on display was at NCAAs back in 2013 when you went out and you won the 400 meter hurdles. Like just take us through that race a little bit and what was like your mindset? Was the goal going into going there and win? And didn't you break the NCAA record as well in the process? Yeah, the goal was always to win. Like my coach knows like, don't tell me times. I don't really care. I just want the W. Um, But yeah, for that race, I had to go back to like the year before because I think I dang near got last. Like I didn't even make it out the the first round at Instabilize when it came to the four hurdles. And I just remember telling myself like, you are not going to feel this way again. Like this sucks. Like I don't care what you have to do. um, You're not going to feel that way again. And then also... The summer before my junior year, um, Coach Flo, he was the coach that recruited me. He left Stanford, so I just was pissed at him because everyone knows he's my coach now. Like we can't, we, you know, made up, but everyone knows I love Coach Flo to death. And so for him to leave, that just really like put a, a chip on my shoulder. And I just really, he knows, like I that whole season was just like, how dare you leave me? You're gonna regret this. Um, so I started. It was kind of crazy because I started living in the weight room. I My weight coach and I, he developed a program for me. So I was going to the weight room before practice to activate. Um, I, he had drills for me to do after our weight practice. I would come in on our off day. We would have weakness Wednesday. And we would do extra core work and extra like strengthening of like muscles that were weak. <clears throat> And so, yeah, Coach Andy Ward, like, really just put my body together so to make me into, like, an unstoppable machine. And he he would let me come in when other teams were lifting um, because, for me, I just was like, I don't care what you have to do, but we are not going to go out there and embarrass ourselves like that again. And um, so, yeah, um, going into NCAAs, um, I was pretty confident. I knew it was going to come down to me and Georgianne and we had gone head to head against each other like six times that year. Um, in fact, we were in each other's prelim. So we, I think we ran like the fastest prelim ever in NCAA history that, mm. um, that year because mentally my coach was like, I don't care. It's, it's a prelim. Like she can't even think that she can beat her. So we were going at it in the prelim. Um, but yeah, I, that race, I love running at Oregon. Um, I can't wait. I can't wait to run on the new track. Um, it's crazy. Yeah, there's always a headwind on the back stretch. So I just remember, I I knew I had to work the first five hurdles, and then I always do something weird in the in this second turn. My stride pattern just goes out the window. But I actually was doing pretty well coming off the turn and then when I got off the turn and I was like oh she's right there like I knew I had it in the bag um 
And yeah, just coming home, I just wanted to get to the finish line as fast as possible. And then I looked up and I was like, oh, like we broke the collegiate record. I just was out here trying to win. But that's just a testament to how great of an athlete Georgianne Molina is because she pushed me to run that fast. I don't think I would have had that season if it wasn't for her because, you know, iron sharpens iron and we were Mm -hmm. going up against each other so much. We just had to keep leveling up our game. Yeah, she she was a beast too. I mean, we were talking about earlier just the four hundred hurdles and, and the one hundred hurdles. America, we have so many great athletes. Yeah. It's insane. Everyone, like everyone in the, in the U.S., women's hurdles. Like everyone needs to calm down. I don't <laughs> know what's going on because everyone's like, you know what? I'm just gonna go off, and I'm just like, all right, this is insanity in the hundred hurdles and the four hundred hurdles. It's like, yeah, I feel like we have the top at least yes added. Top ten in the world, US has like the top five spots. It's like we're going we're going to it's world stupid. championships and the Olympics and we're leaving like world record world record holders at home. We're leading world champions at home because y'all can't make the team. It's insanity it's right weird. now. Yeah. I love it. I love it because like <laughs> times are crazy. Like I just feel like right now, like the women's US hurdle hurdles undefeated. Like Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. It's, the death is insane. Yeah, like in 2016, they swept the 100 hurdles I was just looking at. And then we go one, we go one, two at, uh, at, at Worlds. And then in the 400 hurdles, they break the world record and go one, yeah. two. It's just, it, it never stops. It never stops. Yeah. Everyone's like, hey, so we, no one's like, hey, we're going to chill. Everyone's like, no, no, no. Like, we go on full out all the time. I'm like, all right, cool, cool, cool. Everyone's just stepping their game up. Cool. It's insane though. Like, but it's so it's so much fun to watch and like be a part of. And I just I'm just grateful to be part of women's hurdles at this time because we're doing something yeah. special, right? Yeah, we're gonna remember this era for sure. And like I feel like the the face of track and field is gonna is gonna come from this era. I was like thinking going to the Olympics this year a year I was telling Joshua, I was like, bro, the four the women's four hundred hurdles, like that's, that's the, the that's the, the race. That's the prime time of race. Like in 2017, when I went went to make the team, like I just come off like not making the Olympic team, and I when I was trying to make the Olympic team, I just was trying to make the team. And Bobby told me, Bobby Kersey, was he was like, yeah, if you try to make the team, you're not going to make it. You're going to get fourth every time, and that's what happened to me. He was like, you have to go out and try to win it. And so I tell myself before 2017 trials, I'm like, all right, you're gonna have to PR in 152 today because. 52 is gonna is what it takes to win, and luckily I told that to myself because it took 52 just to make the team, which is insane. <laughs> and like that year, we had the fastest, I think, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth place ever in a race. Like wow. it yeah. was, just, it was the fast. I mean, there was fa- faster first and seconds, but like, come on, yeah. like the depth was ridiculous. Can and can we just? Let's rewind a little bit. So you win NCAA's. You win mm-hmm. you win NCAA's in 2013, and you decide to go pro. What made you feel like it was time to take that next step? Yeah, it's so funny because just like I said, like I just be focused on that season. So I was running all these fast times, and my dad was kind of putting two and two together, and he's like, "Yo, she can go pro." But in my head, I just was like. I'm gonna finish my fourth year. Like I wasn't, I wasn't considering leaving school at all. And so when I ran, and I'm kind of glad that he did that and didn't tell me because I had no pressure going in to NCAA's. So when I ran, 
and won and then broke the record. But I was just like, hey, by the way, do you want to go pro? Because you can. And I just mm-hmm. didn't even like, I hadn't even considered it. Cause I just, yeah. I, one of the things I mean is I can get very laser focused. So I just wasn't even considering that as an option. Cause in my head, I was like, the goal is to win in CBLAs. The goal was not to go pro. And so when he told me that, I was like, cool, like, let's do it. I'm all for it. Um, and it, it was so funny. Cause I like, um, I just remember like, my dad, my dad's a lawyer, so he 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 negotiated everything and like helped me find an agent, and all that stuff, and like he finalized my deal, my shoe deal, like the morning before my first round at USA's, and so like I'm warming up in my Stanford gear, and all of a sudden my coach comes over and was like, "Here's your Nike uniform, put it on, like you're you're a Nike athlete now." I was like, oh, "Okay, like <laughs> so cool, things are just happening. I don't know, I'm like." For me, I'm just I'm just happy when I'm running. I'm not worried about anything else. Yeah. And then going on to like you go into like your first training group with like you mentioned uh, Bobby Kersey, and then you got to train with probably I would imagine like one of those superheroes that you had when you were a kid into Allison Felix and then also Don Harper Nelson and Jenna Tarmel. But like how was it training with like Allison at that time? Because I remember seeing on you guys like Instagram stories like y'all y'all were having some fun times and always besties. like had a y'all smile besties. on your face. We're still besties. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it was great. I um, people say like, don't meet your heroes, and with when it came to Allison, like the opposite is completely completely true. She's actually like better than the hype. Um, just getting to know her, one as an athlete, like I've never seen someone work harder, and like just seeing mm. the behind the scenes, like she had she had overcome so much, and like she never lets it show, and she just goes out there and gets a job done. And then two as a person, she's just like the funny like one of the funniest people I know like one of the nicest people I know one of the most protected people I know and I think it was such a blessing for me to be in that training group with with these girls that I grew up watching I remember I was so mad speaking of Don and, and Jenny Crawford I was so mad um my senior year because my mom had like I was going to prom and my mom had made me an early morning hair appointment and I was pissed because I couldn't go to the USC UCLA dual meet and I really wanted mm. to go and then go to prom and I like missed it because of this hair appointment and I was just so upset at my mom. But I, I had grown up watching them and like trying to be like them. I'd emulated their technique and so to be with them and not only to be in that training atmosphere, but they really helped me develop in that transition from um, a collegiate athlete to a pro because I was with, you know, Allison Felix, she's the greatest to ever do it. So I just kind yeah. of was like, where are your footsteps? Because I'm stepping there too. Like, um, and I lucked out because we have the same agent, um, her brother. So when we were going overseas, we were with each other a lot. We were traveling together, you know, hanging out together a lot. So I just got to learn how the master works, you know. And Allison has has been there for me as a teammate and as a friend. And I'm just so grateful to her. It's when it's funny because um, when I was getting recruited, I went to like a USC game and it happened to be the game, like football game. And it happened to be the game where they had their uh, 2012 Olympians. And so I got oh, to go okay. on the field. And I met Allison and I was so starstruck. I couldn't talk. <laughs> and my first term was like, this is my sister, Corey. She runs track one day. She's going to be on the team with you. 
and fast forward and one day I yeah. was like a teammate and now she can't get me to shut up and she gets so <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um yeah that and then then to be with Bobby who like I had read his bio him I'd read books on him I had read his wife biography like I was just so blessed to be in a group of just greatness and I got mm. to learn something from each one of those athletes and yeah, I I was I can't say enough good things about the BK riders. Um, they're just it was just a great training group. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome to be surrounded by all those vets. You know, you see it in other sports. You win you, in basketball, football, with the vets take them under their wing. But to get that up and close and personal with the goat, like oh. that's that's. That's crazy. And now you, now you up and close and old with, with MJ, another goat. So I don't know about <laughs> something about you. I'm wearing his clothes. And then, yeah, no, it's great. It's been a great, a great experience. I know you have to have learned like a lot from those like athletes. And I know you learned a lot from your parents growing up as well. But then what has really gotten through those like valleys that you really like hit in your life because what we saw in 2016 like you already mentioned when you barely missed that olympic te- that olympic team and then was it tw- 2015 at worlds when you fell on that second second or third hurdle and yeah. just like what how you've been able to get through those type of things um I, it comes from a lot like my family is super supportive um they know i'm like a horrible person to deal with when i lose i take it very personally and like i go I'm kind of like a wounded animal. I go into my little cave and I want to be alone until like I feel better about myself. Um, but yeah, my family is always, always, always super supportive for me. Um, and they always have my back. And so I, I know I can always turn to them and they always, they always ha- have a way of, you know, uplifting me while keeping me humble. Um, Cause we're a family of trash talkers, but <laughs> um, yeah, I think for them they always you know pray over me they always send me words of encouragement and then I also I've also lucked out and have really great teammates who you know Allison has told me about the time that like she's gone through some rough patches and how she's bounced back and like you know she's the type of person that like she doesn't even really have to speak like it's in her actions you just have to like sit there and watch her and how she moves and you know so I think I, I've been blessed to have just a lot of like really good people in my life that pour into me. So, what would you say is like the biggest lesson you've taken away from all the adversity that you faced before? I think for me, it's it's to lose once. Like, if if you lose, cool, but like learn from it. So when I have a big loss, like I sit there and I think I try to figure out, okay, what did you do wrong? Why, why weren't you winning? And, and for me that that loss can turn into a win. Um, but if you just, you know, wallow in it and like, you don't get back to work, you lose twice, you know, that it, that loss didn't become a lesson. So I think for me, I always try to, to make any loss that I experience into an advantage for me because, okay, like, okay, I found a chink in my chink in my armor. How am I gonna level up? How am I gonna become stronger from this? Yeah, no L's. You guys hear that? No L's. Only lessons. Only lessons. Mm, okay. Another reason why we really want you on this podcast, Corey, because we really saw how like you present yourself, like, and really want to stand up for like your faith 
and like you really every single you try and reiterate it you can just see on your posts and stuff like that you always talk about faith and there's a video actually when you speak on like just running for god and how that motivates you so could you just speak on to that a little bit what video is this i'm like what did i when did i put this out <laughs> it's like uh you're famous like, on youtube oh gosh um <laughs> no i think I'm so grateful for Tribe because I feel like it has made my relationship with God a lot closer. And I feel like me and God be going back and forth. And he know he's been working on me because he knows I'm a hot mess. Um, yeah, me too. Me too. Don't worry. Look, she's saved, but she's still a little, she's still struggling. But yeah, I think for me, um, it was funny. I think I grew up in the church. My mom, every Sunday, you know. We're in YPD. We're in the choir. I can't sing a lick. I'm in the choir. I was an usher. Um, so I grew up in the church, but I think for me, it wasn't until actually after college that I really took, you know, ownership over my faith. And um, I, a big part of that was um, my friend took me to church. It's Fearless LA. If you're in the LA area, I love it. Um, but it, it's it was a cool church just because most of the staff and the people running um like worship and leadership um were like under 30 so it was cool to see people my age kind of taking ownership of the church and um sometimes i feel like god highlights things for me so i went to this i went to the church for the first sermon and i just felt like sir like pastor did god just tell you all my issues because you're over here just like speaking straight into my soul and then I would like read a book and something the pastor said would show up in the book and then I'd read the Bible and like a verse would be like on the same topic and so I'm like all right God I got it and from there I just kind of really kind of developed my faith got more into the word because I feel like I would just go to church um and sing a Kirk Franklin song um but it wasn't until I really got into reading the Bible and and trying to understand it and apply it to my life that my faith really deepened. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I feel like it has given me confidence on the track because it's like, okay, at the end of the day, like God's got me and like, I don't have to be afraid because like he didn't give me a spirit of fear because I feel like that was one of the things that I kind of struggled with when I first approached. It's like, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of people in the crowd and like, this is your job now. And like, you know, you're running against like people you used to have on your wall. You're, you're in the blocks next to and it's it's a lot of pressure um and and then the most pressure is coming from me because i'm my harshest critic um but i feel like my faith has really helped me just have more confidence and more peace um so yeah i think it's just helped me develop on and off the track and and how can i be you know silent about that like something that's blessed me so much like i'm gonna speak on it yeah for sure for sure you want to share that for just for, for others, you got something good. You want everybody to get a little taste of it for sure. Exactly. Definitely. And I'm thinking too, like at this point, so you went, so you decide to go pro, you have a tough year where you hit a hurdle and then you barely missed the Olympics in 2016. But you know, last night took an L, but tonight I'm bounced back. <laughs> 2017, the champion is here. The champ is here. What was your mentality going into 2017? Were you just like, I'm about to kill everyone. You just had like basically two two rough years, and you're like, "Let's go." I know you had a you had a coaching change to go back to. 
Yeah, that was, that was God. I literally was like so depressed. Did I didn't even watch 2016 Olympics? Um, mm. I was just and nice. Flo when he left Stanford, he would like call me periodically, but he he wasn't like hitting me up consistently. And after I didn't make the team, he just like kept calling me and like asking me the hard questions I needed to ask myself. And I it was funny because. Before he started calling me, I was talking to my agent, and I just was like, if someone could just tell me what I need to do to win, I'll do it. I just need to know what I need to do. I hang up the phone, and Flo calls me, and he's like, hey, and he hadn't called me in a while. And so that was, to me, it was God being like, hey, you, yeah. you want to know what you needed to do? Go with this man. And I think it was important for me to be in Bobby's group because I learned how to move like a professional but yeah. I think me and Flo just have a connection and a bond that, like, he just – we know how to push each other's buttons, which is a good and a bad thing. Um, and so it was funny because on a Wednesday, I was like, okay, I'm going to go train with Coach Flo. On Friday, I had two suitcases and my dog, and we were on a plane to Kentucky um, mm. to go train with him. And I think – there, like I had no, I had none of my friends and my family in Kentucky, so all I had was the work, and we just grind, grinded every single day, and I think the other thing was like I, I had a coach that really believed in me, and he would just tell me all the time. He was like, yeah, when we when he would talk about like when we win worlds, you're gonna run, you're you're gonna run this fast, and and everything was to prepare me not to make the team, n- not to medal. It was to win worlds, and so. Yeah, I just had a I had a lot of confidence going in just because like Flo instilled that into me. Like a lot of our workouts were at world record play- pace because he was just like, when we get to the there, I want you to, I want you to be comfortable running at the pace that you're gonna have to run at. You know, I don't want this to be new to you and you go into shock. And um, yeah, I I just felt like once I got to worlds, I I just I just knew I could I could do it. Um, I think the moment I knew was second round Flo tells me to go out hard for the first eight and then chill on the way home and I'm running everything's going well and I I messed up my stride pattern but I didn't realize it until I get back I'm talking to coach Flo and he's like pissed and, he, and I'm over here like I had a perfect race plan I did yeah. my IX perfectly I'm great and he's over here like look at the film <laughs> I look at the film I'm like oh like I did mess up but what had happened was I I just was so on. I didn't realize I was like in the flow. I didn't realize I was messing up. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, oh, like I'm running this fast, making mistakes. And I like I feel this good. Like I knew I was going to um, win worlds after that semi. And it <laughs> it's so funny because I feel like I just was that whole that whole championship. I was just so in my zone and like just just in my bag because I, if you've, if you've met me before, everyone who knows me knows I'm a hugger. If you meet me ever, you're going to get a hug. And um, so we're walking into the hipping tent and, or the call room and Flo hates hugs, but I give him a hug every day and he goes to hug me and I push him off of me. And I was like, I'll hug you when I'm, I'm a world champion. And then I'm like, who are you right now? <laughs> but I already like, transformed 
into the Corey monster, like, um, and like, I just was like, so calm. It was so funny. We all, we also almost got into a fight like five minutes before the fi- final meeting cards below, like with, <laughs> with like some other gr- girls, some other foreign girls, like we just were like on a mission and no one could stop us. So like, <laughs> yeah, me and Coach Flo, we, we were going to ride to the wheels fall off. Um, that was just, yeah, good time. <laughs> <laughs> then also speaking a little bit more on like that race, that's where like the little like Corey challenge you on the race all smiling and then going straight hit into it, hit Corey it real quick, Monster. Joshua. Should I, should hit I it real quick. Just, oh. Just all in, all in. All that in. Yeah, Come on, I got that. I got that Corey mentality. It's all. It's all here. It's all here. Hey, yeah, it's it's funny because my best friend Ajay Wilson, um, you know, eight hundred extraordinaire. Um, Jeez. she would all she would always be like, "Yo, one day you're gonna be a gift." Like, is a gift, Jeff? I don't know. But she was like, "One day you're gonna be a gift." Um, you're so funny at your start, and I'm just like, everyone else like doing kisses bows they have their own little you know bolt symbol everything everyone ha- and i'm just like i just want to run like i just want to do and the only reason why i smile is because my dad told me he was like hey you have to like acknowledge the fans and be personable but huh. if it was up to me i would just be me mugging the whole time because i'm i'm in my zone so i you know i do my obligatory wave smile and then i'm like okay it's back to business like we're at the world championships like ain't nobody got time to be out here you know throwing kisses um, yeah. so when that happened i just was like what's like what is happening like i am trying to get the least amount of attention right now and here i am just like blowing up on the internet and i was like all right i guess this is happening um but it was it's funny it's just if you look at any of my races, I've been doing the same start since like middle school, high school. Like <laughs> <laughs> you can run the film back. Like that's just that's just me. I'm just trying to handle my business. I think just in that race time, too. In that, I was just go gonna ahead. say in that race too. Like you were going into it, you were in lane nine as well, and like yeah. you just out from the like in lane nine. You know, you're just so far out the entire time, and you got. Delia coming from like lane five. Basically, everyone's just chasing you. First four hurdles are like, yeah, crazy. They quick. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, first of all, tw- like you said, 2015, I fell in the semis, didn't make the final. So in my head, I'm like, you didn't have a lane last time. You just better be happy you have a lane. Like we're not making excuses. And then on the other hand, like you don't know my coach. He was gonna kill me if I didn't. <laughs> Cause he was just gonna be like, I didn't was like, I don't want to hear his mouth talking to me about, oh, you got lane nine, so you didn't want to win. I was just like, you know what, you yeah. better get out. And I'm known as a closer. Like, I do not get out. I am not someone who chases. But it might have been the best thing for me because I could just focus on myself and just like go for it. Um, because I knew I could. It, it was it was kind of like I don't know where I am in the race. Like, you better just keep going. Um, and then once I came out the turn and I was like, oh, she's right there. Like, I'm kind of like a shark in the water. Like, if I can, if I can see that I can get to you, like, oh, I'm coming. Um, so yeah, luckily Lane and I worked out for me, but yeah, I just really didn't want to hear Coach Flo's mouth. I still did. <laughs> he still wanted me after that race, but uh, <laughs> he's, he still day will be like, 
you still owe me half a second. You messed up a hurdle six. I'm like, all right, sir. <laughs> There's no well, pleasing that man. With that being said, like we just want to hit you with a few closeout questions for you to go back up. to your regular daily life. But first off, we just want to ask like, who are your top five favorite athletes of all time? There doesn't have to be track and field, just your top five favorite athletes of all time. Dylon, Dylon, Dylon. Dylon, Dylon. I grew up watching Kobe Bryant. It's like such a sad thing to see him go, but like the Mamba mentality, I just yeah. loved, I loved his disgust, his disgust for losing. Um, I grew up loving Allison Felix, obviously, and them to know her as a person. Mm. Um, <laughs> I would say Serena. I just love that she is oh. so, so, so dominant. Um, of course, Lashinda Demas. I grew up watching her and just like, uh, I remember I got a race in 2014 and I was just like, dreams are coming true. Um, Bro, she was running for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she, and she was okay. not only running for a long time, she was like an elite at the top for a long time. Like that's what I really respect about her. It's just like, and then of course, Jackie, Jordan Kersey, like to just be such an amazing athlete and like also just her personality. She's just such a good person. But like just to be the goat at, at everything. Um, yeah, I always when I like get my my props to Jackie. So that I think those would be I love me some female athletes. <laughs> I think only one one male athlete athlete made the list. But yeah, those I think those are women who really inspired me to like really reach her greatness so mm. like a lot of those athletes you named too all kind of have that same like mentality that you have when they get into the zone like serena is a killer on the court like she don't yeah, play games but it's necessary like yeah because once you get to a certain level like it's not for fun like it's like we're people are coming for your neck like you have to really bring it because you're going up against the best in the world you know? Yeah, it, it, ain't, it ain't just a game. It ain't just a game no more. No. And then for this next question, this may be kind of similar to the last one, but like, Ooh. let's just say like, I'm, I'm a, we're a little different. Like say this is post-workout, like you post-workout. guys, are, you're getting a meal. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you're all tired, hardest workout of your life. I want to name, mm-hmm. I want you to name five people dead or alive that you would love to just hang out for hang out with for an hour and just talk it out like five people you're dying after a workout and you just want to talk to them it could be anybody. Um, y'all just okay. chilling getting a meal um well this this is the person i do um i i call him like let me tell you what your coach did um i'm talking about my coach but i call her i call Flo her coach it's ajay wilson um she gets about one to seven FaceTimes for me a day. So <laughs> she is like my person. Um, so that, but it's quite, okay, question, run it back. Um, is this like, you know, celebrity, like whatever, or just like who your five, like who your five people? Oh, just whatever. I guess I never Any, asked like anyone, anything. anyone in the history of time. Anyone in the history of time. Um, okay, okay, okay. I'm probably gonna have to talk to Jesus because Flo really Flo be sending me to him on a daily basis. Uh, <laughs> um, so okay, that's two. Um, let's see. Oh, I would love to hang out with Issa Rae. I feel like we're best friends in my head. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> so I just feel like we need to be friends. I don't know what you guys can do about it, but if that you guys can make that happen, I got that'd you. be wonderful. Ooh, and Beyonce. Um, she don't even need to talk. I could just look at her um, <laughs> because she's Beyonce. Um, and ooh, and I love right now in like Megan the Stallion. She is just really giving me life, and I feel like she would be a really good friend to hang out with. Actually, that crew in general. Yeah. Um, what Jesus, Jesus gonna be doing? Do, <laughs> yeah. like, Jesus gonna be chilling though. Jesus Y'all chilling. all need Jesus, so that's good. That's good. Yeah, he can make us, and he loves us all. Um, yeah, he's gonna yeah. have the altar call at the end. He'll have the altar I call. Where you can repent. I feel like Megan could get my hips right. Um, yeah, I do love me some Megan. Corey the Pony out here in 2020. Speaking <laughs> of Megan and Megan and Megan and Beyonce, what's your What's your like top three top three artists? What you listen to right now? I'm sure uh, those are, are those two. Anyway? It changes like daily. Um, huh, like if you ask like high school Corey, it'd be like Lil Wayne. Um, and Soldier Boy. No. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I would crank that, but like, no one's like listening to a Soldier Boy album. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um. His first album is nice, but, though. Like, we just I, talked about this. Yeah. Right now, um, it's really just like a Savage remix on deck all day, every day. It's just like Beyonce and Megan, and then like we'll throw in like a third artist every now and then. But like right now, like what's really going through my like repeats is just Beyonce and Megan. You know? That's the a great third combo. artist? I don't know. Skip. <laughs> no Takashi. And then also, we were also wondering, like, since we we got to do another Two Black Tuesday next Tuesday, like, who should be our next guest on the podcast? Um. Ooh. I mean, I I feel like I've, I feel like you already know that you should talk to Ajay because she be giving she be giving me the advice that I need, gems, knowledge, and um, Muriel Hall. Um, 10k extraordinaire. Um, our group text is Litty. Um, yeah, those two girls give me so much life and encouragement and support. And I just feel like, you know, if you want to get your life together, I mean, my life's not together, but they do their best. I am a mess, and they really be trying to put this thing together. Um, so yeah, those two girls, I feel like you should just get on them. I I can hook it up. Don't worry. All right, let's go. Let's go. Aaron, let's make it happen. And last, last but not least, what mark do you want to leave on the sport? Ooh, 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 what mark do I want? I just want to be the best, like, honestly. Like, I know that sounds really selfish, but, like, I hey, really want to win. I, just, I like to win, like, and this is what I'm in it for. Like, people, I don't, I don't know. I just really like to be the best here and not the best that I can be, um, yeah i just that and that's just a competitor in me um something's a little wrong with me but yeah that's about <laughs> it that's what that's why i'm here that's why i so i'd be going through my workouts like i do um because i just want to get out on the track and win yeah we ain't nothing that. wrong with that i understand Winning is fun i need day all we do is win win, win, win no win, matter win. what and i think that's exactly that's... exactly 
and that's perfectly that's fitting because this is our first podcast with a world champion and we just want to thank you Corey, again for coming on the two black runners we really do appreciate it and we hope that you can we can meet and that you can give us a hug and and everything like that you got it you got it and then with that being with that being said Aaron, you got anything left to say I'm gonna need some five, some some size five J's. <laughs> I know I have a small, I'm a, I have a small split, but if if you can squeeze squeeze in a five and a half U, I got you. I might have to. <laughs> no, but no, for real though. Thank you for coming. Definitely honored to have a world champ on here, but and I'm sure, I'm sure we'll see you again. And just remember, you're always a part of the Running Report family. And if anybody I ever messaged you. We got you with the merch, and if anybody ever messaged you, remember you got two black runners that gonna help you out. Gang, gang. Gang, gang. 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 See y'all next Tuesday. This is.